Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, welcome to episode 150 of Rich Hang's S Squared Theatre Podcast with my guest, Sarah Pascoe, making her second appearance. Uh, by the way, Sarah Pascoe will be uh, appearing at Wyndham's Theatre London from the 15th to the 20th of January. Do check out her website for that and other gigs. Uh, she didn't ask me to do that, but she's very good and you should go and see her. She's awesome. Um, this is the last in the series of series 11, so thank you very much for your support through this series. Uh, series 12 will start next week because we'll have recorded the first one and maybe the first two already. That's a little bit secret. Um, and um, so it will just carry straight on, which is uh, good news. Uh, if you've enjoyed these and want to support them, there's lots of ways you can help us out. Go to gofasterstripe.com. You can buy my DVDs and books. There's the emergency questions book. You can just buy a badge, a monthly badge will get you all sorts of benefits. But also all that money will go towards making more podcasts. And you can come and see us live. Go to lessersquaretheatre.com or richardherring.com slash gigs and you can see all the podcast dates. Also, I am touring O'Frig on 50 and that's starting pretty soon. I'm in Halifax on the 20th of October and um, I'm doing Liverpool at the end of October. That's not a tour gig. And I'm in Manchester and Bristol in November. And then loads of gigs will be coming up in the spring. So do look out for those. And there is an app now for emergency questions. Go to the Apple Store or to your wherever you go with your Androids. I know what you're doing with those Androids. It's disgusts me. 
Um, and you can get a free app, lots of free questions, and then you can buy some more questions if you're enjoying it. Uh, and you can also get a free um, thing on your Alexa based devices which will ask you emergency questions as well and that's free so um anyway thanks very much for supporting us through series 11 and i'm looking forward to series 12 we've got some fantastic guests coming up including armando yanucci jan ravens uh, reginald d hunter richard osman uh, amazing people coming up in this series and still some to confirm so do come along and see us if you can leicestersquaretheatre.com for tickets let's listen to their podcast rich it's all right, we already fast-forwarded through this bit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who this week briefly considered becoming someone pretending to be a chartered accountant. It's Richard Harris! Thank you very much. Hello! Thank you. Lovely to see you all. Thank you for coming along to the show. Uh, I... This is Rich Chase, Leicester Square Theatre podcast, but uh, I was hanging around with the American alternative hip-hop duo, The Cool Kids, the other day. <laughs> End of series, special joke, a financial joke. They called it Rehearsal, so I don't know if... Uh, they're literally The Cool, cool Kids. Do you get it? Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, this week, I, I, last week I talked about um, trying to get on public transport... Uh, to go to the countryside. Uh, the, the other time I've got on the train this week, um, to back to the countryside, uh, I sat down in a chair. It smelled of vomit on the train. That's one of the problems with the trains. Uh, but I noticed someone had dropped their uh, travel card, their kind of travel pass, you know, their season ticket, on the seat next to me. And I opened it up, and uh, it was a man called S.M. Wright. Uh, and uh, he'd left his um, business card in there. There was five quid in there as well. And I thought, hey, I could have free travel between Hatfield and London until October the 7th, 2017. I would have to move to Hatfield because I don't live in Hatfield. But I I was trying to work out if that would be worthwhile. So that was my first thought. That's pretty good. Then I thought, but actually I've got a photo. I'd have to disguise myself as SM Wright. And it was quite an old photo. I think he's had this travel card for maybe 20 years and never updated the photo. But that's good news for me because it just meant I basically had to put on some glasses and go, yeah, I grew, my hair grew back. Uh, grew back. Uh, and then I thought, well, I could actually, I could get that, and then I could go into the chartered accountants in London and just say I was SM right, and then if anyone said, well, you know, I said, well, look, here's my travel card. Wouldn't there, would someone pretending to be SM right have this? No, only the real SM. And then I could take over his job. While I was at his job, being a chartered accountant, I could find out where he lived and then go and take over his actual life. I was sorted. Uh, or I could just keep the fiver and buy five twirls from WH Smiths. Uh, in the end, I decided to, uh, to send it back to him. Because I figured that's free chartered accounting for life, isn't it? That. I don't know what chartered accountancy is, but I reckon if I ever need some, he has to, he has to give me it now. Uh, that's a true story. So, uh, yeah, not as good as last week's audience, I'll tell you that. So, um... <laughs> That was an interesting story. Uh, so thank you to SM Wright. He found out, I wrote a blog about it, and then he emailed me back and said, I enjoyed your blog. Thank you, SM Wright. Uh, if you ever need chartered accountancy, don't get it from him. He can't even remember to pick up his travel card. What a prick. <laughs> what a fucking prick. I knew I'd pull it around. So, um... This final guest, I think this is uh, show 150 of uh, the official... <laughs> Rahalastapas, Rahalastapas. Um, and... Uh, 
There's been a few specials, but there's, uh, she's been on before. Uh, she's probably best known recently from her appearance on the nightly show with Bradley Walsh. See? <laughs> the sparks flew that night, I tell you. We'll be talking about... <laughs> she's laughing about it, just thinking about it now. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Pascoe! Sarah Pascoe. Come in, sit there. Hello. How are you doing? Welcome. Please sit down. Thank you very much. Oh, I should say as well that uh, a lady called Catherine in the audience bought us uh, some nice chocolates from her shop. They're Montezuma's chocolates. And she got, kind of got you some vegan, vegan ones. ones. That was nice. Yeah, very yeah. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. They're no twirls, but they'll do. They'll do for my journey home. They're kinder on the bomb hole. Are they? What? Oh, no, yeah, I suppose <laughs> that. wasn't what I was doing when you were telling everyone about your travel pass. Well, yeah. I mean, would you like... I mean, really? I mean, no. Okay, um... You asked Ed about it last week. I did, I yeah, did. And I was here, because I'm a big fan of the show. <laughs> you too. So how was the nightly show? The nightly show was not a, a very successful show. Can I tell you the truth? Yeah. They paid me five grand... Did they? ...for a 15-minute interview. Wow. So say what you like. I will. <laughs> I didn't see it. I was... I did... Uh, my, what, what my experience with the nightly show is worse, because oh. they... they <clears throat> They paid me £750, so that's not as good, is it? No. Uh, but to go in and do a pilot episode. Oh, I see. So yes. I, went, I went in and mine one wasn't even broadcast, which maybe is luckier. Yes. Uh, well, but, actually, I was offered that and I couldn't do it because I was busy. As in, they did a whole week of all the people. They did, well, they did, they, you know what they did? They did 26 pilots for that show. Yeah. So imagine how bad it would have been if they hadn't done that. Uh, <laughs> The thing is, this is the thing about obviously what all of us do. There is there are different audiences who want different things, and there are people who enjoy the nightly show and what it is offering in terms of a more kind of glitzy show. Busy. There's a band over there. This is coming in all, and like there's a people who want that much more than they'd want any of our Edinburgh shows. Yes. Like they consider that, that that's entertainment, guys. You're just standing there with a microphone, having <laughs> put a glittery top on. I want my money back. So it is. It's interesting because. I don't know, it is interesting, isn't it, TV? Because it's such a democracy. And if people... I mean, it's been recommissioned, so you can't no, talk about... Yes! So you can't even talk about it being like a failure because no. the advertisers want to be on either side of it because it's upbeat, positive, like, yeah. nightly television. Well, if I'd known that, I would certainly have not slagged it off. Please have me <laughs> Now I know it's... Now I know it's five grand. Fuck. <laughs> I thought Bradley Walsh, uh, from what I saw, did quite a good job. I really like Bradley Walsh. Yeah, I like Bradley Walsh. I just did The Chase the other day. Did you? Well, let's talk about that for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Probably can't because it's not been on yet. It's not been on yet, but I love The Chase so much. And I know you were talking last week with Ed about uh, game shows. (laughs) I'm a big fan of this programme. And, um, (laughs) and, um, yeah, it's really great when they do, like, special editions of those shows, like Pointless and stuff, where you get to go on and the questions are easier. (laughs) And you get to be on it, and it is just amazing. Yeah. The person asking the questions was Anne, and like, I just worship her. I think she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do all right? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where it's for charity, and you pick a charity that's so dear to your heart, and you think, I just wish that I would earn them hundreds of thousands of... Oh, okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very hard... Ch- the chase is too hard. It's pretty hard, yeah. You know, it's, an, it's not winnable, I don't think. I mean, some people yeah. do win it, so it's nonsense what I just said. So. so, hey, look, well, let's crack straight into... The, you've been on the show before. We've had... A, I had a, It's actually... The show we did was uh, 
One of my favourite ones we've ever done. Was it? Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very good. Let's see if we can mess it up this time. Okay. Uh, so uh, you've written a book. Yeah. Called Animal. Yeah. Which is kind of an incredible book, and it's uh, what, what I quite like about it. I really like sort of sciencey books about evolution, yeah, me which, too. It, which it very much is. Mm. But you also talk about people you've had sex with in it, which Richard Dawkins doesn't do. No, he, n- uh, he never names and shames. <laughs> He tweeted about having seen two dogs. Is he on Twitter? Richard Dawkins is on Twitter. He is, yeah. He's a terrible on Twitter. He was away for a bit because he, um, got, he got ill, didn't he? He had, some, he had a mild stroke. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? <laughs> because it's inappropriate for me to say. But before it, I, was, I spent a long time just retweeting Richard Dawkins because all Richard Dawkins did was yeah. retweet praise of oh, his stuff and like that I kind of found it quite endearing because Richard Dawkins is doing pretty well yeah. and doesn't really need we, to retweet praise in the end we all become our enemy don't we, <laughs> we do. and he doesn't like God who's always retweeting praise <laughs> demanding yeah. churches and hymns it's, uh, I prefer Stephen Jay Gould out of the uh, oh yeah it's do you right. like Stephen yeah Gould? I like Stephen Jay Gould okay. yeah. do you prefer Stephen Jay Gould is he on Twitter uh, he's dead, unfortunately. Oh. He got ill and died. Okay, I only like people who are on Twitter. So. I don't think he was on Twitter because he died quite a long time ago. Okay, then no. He's a very, he was a very human scientist. Um, <laughs> I do recommend this book. It's fantastic. Because of Stephen Jay Gould, I, knew, I know why men have nipples. Yeah. Do you know why men have nipples? Well, because we're all the same in the womb up until six yeah, weeks. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Did you think I was going to be like, I wrote a book about the human body? Like, no, well, the fuck do men have nipples? <laughs> yeah. You're more huge. interested in women and stuff than men. Uh, so, it's all about, oh, women are great. It really is. <laughs> oh, I, I hate men. That's what it all is, basically. It's basically very, yeah, very sophisticated. All men are shit. <laughs> from, my, from my reading of it's an amazing book. It's made. It sort of made me. I don't cry anymore because uh, you know I'm beyond emotion. Are you really? Yeah, but We're it true. made me want to cry. Someone's sneezing. We need yeah, Are you okay? Yeah. No. Okay. She's allergic to misogyny. So can you stop? <laughs> can you stop now? Even in jest. Well, um, she didn't, she didn't uh, sneeze during the first show, so she can't. <laughs> So, uh, so is this true though about not crying? No, 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 I sometimes do cry, but I find it quite difficult to cry these days. But that makes me worry that you're repressing things. No, I just think I'm quite happy generally. Oh, it's okay. okay. I don't feel. Like... You don't feel like a need for like in a cathartic way, like oh, I want to watch a sad film or that song's so sad. I really feel like crying now. No, stuff's all right, and so I don't mind. Yeah. But then your book's got some right proper depressing stuff in it. My book is all about how often I cry. Yes, <laughs> yes. it is. Well, it's very honest, and it's that's very. I mean, it used, I, you know, I feel, I feel like. Not, I don't want to say I feel sorry for you because I don't because you, you're an amazing person. But there's yeah. so it's you're so open about. Yeah. I mean, especially your, your you in your teenage years. Yeah. But also about it's sort of sad because you're writing about your boyfriend at the time. What at sixteen? Like a first no, and boyfriend. you're writing when you're oh, writing the John. book. You're yes. writing about John. Yeah. And you're wondering if John is going to be the one you spend the rest of your life with. Yeah. But the fact you're asking that question sort of. Yeah. Gives the answers. Well, yeah, well, so obviously, like, yeah, so I wrote a book about falling in love with someone that I'm now not with anymore in real life. But then I think that's kind of interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. 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 John texted me yesterday and said, <laughs> Are you doing Richard Hedbert Herring's podcast tomorrow? And I said, Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. He went, Don't talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just putting that out there. 
<laughs> we're not talking about John. I don't have to talk about it. No, no, of course. But no, but, but that's it's the thing. About, it's about, yeah, it's about me and my it's feelings. About whether you'll find love and where that's yeah. going to go. And also, just I, I mean, I, I, I so respect people in happy relationships because I'm so insecure and jealous. I think that's the problem that underlies everything, and that's what's clear when I talk about it. I think it is. The problem you know. is with me. Sorry, this is flies trying to get me. <laughs> Can you? This is my future husband. <laughs> this is how we met. I'm the right guy. Now, if anyone else would say I would kill that fly, but I would know you? You, I, you'd be upset. You wouldn't if I kill didn't. him. I'm worried I brought him from home because we've got an infestation of, um, <laughs> of fruit flies. True story. Me and another spinster live together. And um, we're having such a fun time, but we've been recycling too well. And um, the compost heap has just given us this absolute... We've got thousands of these in our house, and I do think it's come out of my jacket. Do you think it's come with you? Yeah. Look at he him trying to kill himself. He's trying to kill himself in my wine, and then I'll have to jump in and save your life. Just blow, blow. It's going to try and make me eat him, <laughs> and then I'll be chucked out of the vegan society. <laughs> that is great podcasting, right there. Yeah, it was good. That's why we video it. But I think even the video might have had uh, difficulty picking that. He's, he's over here now. Don't come near me because I will kill. You. I'm not like her. I will kill. I don't care about you, mate. I don't. Don't come near my water. Uh, you wouldn't I, really kill it normally. I just would, it, was it just because it's a. It's an annoyance. I've got. We had moths in our house, and I'm. Yeah. They're just going to eat all your stuff. They're going to eat your clothes. They have to die. They have to die. Oh, you kill moths. Yeah. Isn't that a messy death? Yes. That's that's their revenge. (laughs) Don't you don't you end up like permanent murals? Yes. Moths have been. Okay. Is that why you moved house? Yes. (laughs) Because you ruined it with moth massacres. We'll find out if we brought any of them with us. Um, Well, it is interesting that you know that that, because you, I I think people, and and I'm a stand-up comedian, and I know stand-up comedians aren't really confident people, and I know we're we're all broken and insecure. But you seem so. I'm not broken. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you were going. No, I'm actually. You're insecure, though. You're insecure. Yeah, but I think right. Okay, I've been watching a lot of TED talks, and um, (laughs) and if I've learned anything, it's that by being vulnerable and being honest about what sometimes is concerning you the things that you're trying to hide from other people why stand-up has completely saved and changed my life is i talk about my weaknesses on stage and it makes me stronger i talk about things i'm ashamed of on stage and i can cope with them better and and really with the book it was such a cathartic thing things that you think i never want anyone to know that you tell other people you find out everyone else has a version of that and suddenly you don't feel as alone anymore the brokenness comes when you think you're worse than everyone else if you're going through pain that no one else is going through realizing you're just universal our species has a certain set of emotions we all go through them in response to things that happen that can sometimes be different it's like I'm boring we're all everyone feels like it everyone's lonely and sad and and worried that they what's going on in their head is much worse than what's going on in everyone else's what's great about our job is we say it you get a nice laugh which is going yeah same and it's it's really lovely well it is and I think it's and, and that's why I, I really love books that use humour and but are also educational. Mm. And this book, I mean, it, it, it's funny and there's lots of funny stuff in it, but it's a very, it's a pretty serious book. Yeah. I mean, it's it is sort of like a, a proper look at the subject with yes. you occasional. Well, I wanted to do that. I mean, also because I was researching the subject because I found it so interesting, and it's so interesting things that you think, why is this not common knowledge? Yeah. If, if scientists know it, why aren't we being taught it in sex education at school? Why isn't this on the syllabus? We get we get talked to as children. I mean, in terms of a outside of our families, obviously people have different kind of conversations, but. It's such a superficial level, a conversation about love and sex at school. And then you have human beings who are then starting their own families who don't really understand 
their own urges or how their bodies are working. So it was more kind of my own fascination. I was just wanting to give that to as many people as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, those things fascinate me. You know, the, what love is and why, you know, the chemical yeah. nature of it yeah. and how we've got to be where we are. Yeah. As chemical a nature of everything. This week, I've been reading about um, how rejection in the brain feels like physical pain, and it's so fascinating for everyone, for every single person, because quite often bravery involves putting yourself into a particular position, and quite often sadness comes from whether it's in a a subtle or in a direct way feeling like you don't belong somewhere or someone doesn't want you <clears throat> or a huge group of people don't want you I'm not crying just <laughs> 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 suddenly got really choked up <laughs> yeah um but it's, yeah, it's the pain centre in the brain. It's things like that that are so fascinating. Yeah. If I was equipped with all this information at 15, then you know why you're crying in your bedroom when someone hasn't texted you back. Yeah. You don't just think, oh, it's because there's this bigger narrative that I'm failing at. It, well, it's, all the teenage stuff's very interesting and you know, very, there's a lot of, again, sadness in that. But it does feel like a book that you would want to give to... A thirteen or twelve or thirteen year old boy or girl, yeah. really, to be honest. So just check with their parents because yes. there are vagina <laughs> pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but that's you know that's all okay, isn't it? Those sort of things, and, and yes. it's but it's sort of so. What you're talking about is so important, and about I mean, you know, there's a there's a. I mean, it's very difficult to talk about it. I don't, I don't, it? I don't really want. Just well, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want you to have to talk about the subjects. Oh, sorry, but you, you can do. I've, yeah. I've talked about it so much. Yeah. Like, even before it was in the book, there isn't stuff that's awkward for me to talk about. No. Okay. So, just so you had an abortion when you were seventeen. I had an abortion on my seventeenth birthday, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to me. <laughs> but you know what that means, though, Richard? Yes. I watched Love Island, and all their parents came in, and I'm old enough to be some of their mums. <laughs> My aborted child could have been on Love Island. It's the first time I've regretted it. <laughs> but yeah, and that's it, it's good because you you know you do talk about it honestly and openly, yeah. and that it was and definitely also, the right decision. It for definitely you. was, and I think abortion is so complicated because for most people, the abortion. What they really would like is not to have got pregnant in the first place. Yeah. Obviously, some people have health issues with children that they did want, and that's another whole separate thing. The majority of abortions are people who wish they hadn't got pregnant. It's a time machine, and it is icky. It does involve something that does have rights, and if you wanted to have that child, you'd want medicine to be protecting it and helping it live. And it is. It's so complicated. I don't think it's easy for anyone, but... I think anyone who wants abortions not to happen should spend their time and effort helping people who don't want to get pregnant not get pregnant. Yeah, well, that's, and that's the only thing you can do. Yeah, well, that's what you said, because you, you, you went, went to the abortion and there were Christians outside yeah. with well, that's protesting. Like, that's why I think I have such a clear memory. I think, yeah. number one, it's my birthday. So every year as I get older, and I know I say this in the book, but like, so I have like a go... And I think that happens with most people who have an abortion. The people who haven't had abortions and people who are very anti-abortion... I think they sometimes think that people who do it, because we become their enemy, are very shallow and unthinking, and we do it because we don't think about other people, we only care about ourselves. Um, so the thing with the Christians is they made a day that was so hard and so emotional. I was trying to pretend I was in a film to get through it. I had really bad morning sickness. I had a boyfriend. I was tiny young. My mum had driven to me. <clears throat> Again, I'm not crying. <clears throat> driven me to a clinic. My mum was paying for it so we could have it quicker and I still owe her £400. And uh, <laughs> definitely keep saying, must pay her back for that abortion. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so, so much is so complicated. And the idea that these other people, rather than asking, is there anything that we could do to help you? Because we're sad 
while you're sad. The idea that you become something that they have hatred towards and they want to make you feel worse about something that's already physically, every cell of your body is already mourning. Like it's, It's very strange when we have these just polar opposite ideas from someone else and it makes us feel like we're not the same species and obviously we have all these binaries at the moment and we're all disagreeing in our society but when when it stops humanizing someone when you can see a teenage girl i was sick in the road and then i walked up towards a clinic and then they were saying and i know i've described this in the book but like they were saying there go the parents of another dead child and they were trying to show me pictures of um, late-term abortions which is what they do they try and show you pictures of babies that have been scrambled up in kind of kidney dishes and and, and that's not kind that's an act of hatred Well and as you say they should be investing their time in stopping people getting pregnant in the first place There's always going to be a story about a woman they found outside a clinic and all she needed was support and they offered it and then she had a baby and then she'll be standing outside with the campaigners going I had this baby that's a different thing, if you're saying to a mother if you're having an abortion because economically your life is so difficult offering support to those women I think is brilliant and similarly going into schools and not scaring people but going all of us think certain things won't happen to us that are bad, I ride my bike and I assume I'm never going to get knocked off it I don't think I'm ever going to die I didn't think I was ever going to get pregnant as a teenager I I didn't think it would happen and it did and I had quite good sex education I just thought I was immune to something yeah. So it's more like. But that's exactly about right. I think it. even just that part of it, just the yeah. part that you had condoms and you didn't use them. Yeah. And that's was, the thing you want to say. I was shy and I wanted yeah. this boy to fancy me yeah. and I didn't like ruining sex by badly putting it or even suggesting it, so I didn't. No. I know, and that's the thing. And then that's the other thing about it, though. I think if I had. I'm 36 now. I think if I'd had an abortion last year or the year before, would I have talked about it openly then? Because it's very diff- different to talk about a teenage abortion because I think most people would understand. And I keep wondering, if I'd got pregnant at 32, would I be talking about that in the book and my reasons? Because I think people would judge me a lot more harshly. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, but, you know, again, like you say, anyone who's judging anyone for their decisions yeah. is a fucking idiot anyway. So yeah. it's, it's not... It's your... I mean, it is the person's position about their own It's not an idiot. It's that we have, we have visceral reactions to things. And, and we... This is an amazing thing about human empathy... Babies deserve all of our empathy. Of course they do. And especially if you know children, or if you've had children, the idea of babies, you can't help it. So, of course, abortion will always be a really, really hurtful and... It will be an issue that lights a fire under you, an emotional reaction you won't be able to control. It's about then how you communicate that with other people. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But that's, you know, I think that whole story and the, your reaction to it, which I think is a, is a very mature reaction looking back at it, um, but that's what you know. Yeah, when my daughter is twelve, I want her to read this book because I, you know I remember being a teenager myself. But I remember, I, you know, I think it is much harder for girls to go through the teenage years. For I don't think it's harder. I think it's different. I think because at the moment, all I'm, all I'm thinking about is boys and men. I think we're not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Did that sound like hello? <laughs> um, all I'm thinking about is boys and men. I think what's happening is we. <clears throat> there's been decades now of discussing and unpacking femininity, womanhood as a construct in our culture and now we need to start doing that with boys and men I, th- I would much prefer I mean I can't imagine being a teenage boy, when you talk about rejection I think the conflicting messages about masculinity to young boys I, um, have you read who's that Norwegian who wrote all of the bio, have you read his books? No. Narsgaard, no. has anyone here read Narsgaard? yeah 
Right, me and this lady know what we're talking about. Right? So, <laughs> right, so the thing is, reading, so he, he's written, it's called My Struggle, but it's yeah. not, he's not that. <laughs> I'd really recommend them. As, uh, they've been really, really well reviewed and they kind of translate them every year here. So there's six of them in total, I think. The first one made me feel physically sick. Stories of teenage boys. Teenage boys with an absent father has got a new wife, but there's no kind of conversation about why he's left or why he didn't love your mum anymore. Just tr- hiding booze, trying to get into parties to kiss a girl. There's this whole other side, like these things that we expect of young men and that we tell them is manhood. And for lots of boys and men, it, that doesn't ring true. No, it's sure. a, a huge, and, it, and we haven't even started dealing with that yet. No. I could not have been a teenage boy. I, oh, every man I know is so full of shame. <laughs> like, just crippled with it. Yeah. And I include you, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'd done something to be ashamed of. I just... <laughs> I had the opportunity. I think what I, what I think is interesting in your book, you talk about how the boys make the decision about the girls, but like from a boy's point of view, you really think girls are the gatekeepers of all of oh, absolutely. this. Absolutely. This, this is what I've been reading a lot about at the moment <clears throat> in terms of um, researching pornography. And it's really interesting when men say women are so powerful because of their sexuality. And there's this understanding that because a woman makes you feel aroused, whether you want it or not, just because of her body and physicality, you can't control arousal. There's this sense that, oh, she must be in charge when actually she didn't maybe didn't want to create that reaction a lot of the time mm. or if she does and then she manipulates that how is that power then what what she's selling is like you can have me yeah it's really complicated it is yeah. I've, got, I've got um i keep thinking about something that happened at the edinburgh festival once right where um i was with a guy who does comedy and then we were in a queue he was really angry because there was a 13-year-old, probably 13 or 14-year-old girl in front of us in very, very short denim shorts. And they're very fashionable, the ones that kind of do half of the buttock, so half of the buttock is out. And they look incredible on 14-year-old girls because they have slim hips and pert buttocks. And also they're fashionable. They sell them at Topshop. I did Reading and Leeds last year and all of the girls are wearing them. This guy was really angry because he was like, why would her parents let her go out like that? And it's really tricky because that girl doesn't know the effect she's having on this 30-year-old man and how it makes him feel like a bad person that he just saw this incredible butt in ahead of him then feel then has a deconstruct what does that mean about him that he can't control that reaction it comes out as anger and i think so often that's the thing is realizing all of us the journey we're working towards to have female autonomy doesn't mean men are necessarily bad people for having those reactions it's no. just space for all of it yeah. and to go it's really murky well it's so much about you know the society deciding what is and isn't allowed and, you know, and what women as you're discussing about female sexuality being repressed through I mean the Victorian times that were just yeah. crazy but still yeah. all those things go on so you're told yeah, you, I mean, you know you that you talk about just how men and women will look at other women's bodies and yeah. notice their breasts rather than their face, men and women. Yeah. And you kind of, you still think when you, when I'm doing that on the very rare occasions because <laughs> I'm very happily married. No, I'm very happily married, but yeah. I will still, you know, it's the summertime and I'm on the tube well, that's the and thing. there's pretty girls there and you're, you're kind of staring and thinking, oh, this is awful, but it's what... But that's why I think, yeah, that's why I think understanding it and where it comes from, that being an animal doesn't mean like just because you really, really love one person and actually you die for them yeah. doesn't mean that looking you don't have to then 
None of that is eroded in any way by looking at someone in a summer dress. No. That's an instinctual thing. And that we're a conscious animal and some things happen and then you have to just un- have to then consciously just forgive yourself and go, yeah, it's summer and you look <laughs> at skin and it's all okay. You know, you can look but you can't touch. That's the rules, right? It's fine. Unless you ask their permission. <laughs> if they want I you think to even touch if I ask fine. the permission, my, my wife wouldn't be very happy. You ask everyone's <laughs> permission. I ring my wife, hello, darling. Well, that's it. And if she might go, do you know what? I've been desperate to get you off my back. <laughs> I think you might be right. I, I think you might have read the situation. I'm just too tired now. That's, that's oh, yeah. the, uh, I would just much rather go to sleep. Yeah. That's what I really... That's the good thing about having a kid, is that just yeah, everything's, everything's gone. And then eventually, they'll get to go on Love Island. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily, I'll be dead by then, so that's fine. <laughs> Leave it late. Leave it late. Um, hey, let's... We'll, talk, we'll, we'll come back to all of this, because I, I find it really uh, fascinating as well. As, it, it's, it's a very moving book, and there's... For lots of reasons, personally, and it's, and it's really... Uh, I'm not going to say it's, I was going to say it's brave, but it's not brave. But it's for the honesty. But it is not brave. But it's, it's the honesty. It's not brave. It's not brave. Because you know why? Like Richard, like all of us, like I just like attention. <laughs> but there's never a point where I'm like, oh, I'm putting myself out there. It's like being on stage. You just go, I just want everyone to look at me all the time. And and that, and then and a book is just a different version of that. Yeah, but it's you know, I don't think it is because you know you're you're admitting to things that aren't you know that are for more attention. <laughs> I'm admitting enough. to those things for more attention. Okay, talk, let's talk about this element of your life I didn't know about, that you are, okay. you are bankrupt, you went bankrupt. Yeah? That you mentioned. You didn't before. know about that. I didn't know about that. No, I don't talk about it often. No. Um, I'm a real rags to riches story. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, do you know what, this is why I think everyone should do stand-up. Everyone. <laughs> All of you. Um, I, at university, took out two credit cards and had a student account which is an interest-free overdraft and then in my third year I took out another one I did work at university I wasn't lazy but my outgoings of smashed potato and menthol cigarettes um, was hard to upkeep and then uh, so so basically I left university with student loan which obviously is a separate thing um, maybe about two and a half thousand pounds worth of debt but then I was living with my best friend my best friend Cariad and her mum and um progressively, once the interest started on all of those things, just couldn't afford it. It got bigger yeah. and bigger. Ended up in about £9,000 worth of debt and then had a voluntary action where it gets frozen and you pay it back at a small amount every month. Okay. And Because essentially that's the bank's fault for lending you money when you don't have any money. Right. So that's how it works. But it means you have a very bad credit rating yeah. forever. Yeah. But, you have, but you can pay it. Because I, what I was just wondering mm. about yeah. is can you just go bankrupt and start again and you don't have to worry about anything or do you have to pay back eventually? No, it's all been paid back. Yeah, yeah. I, I think people must be able to... What happens with people when they do that kind of bankruptcy is they don't pay their creditors. So if you work for us for a company, we've all worked for this in comedy, there's been a few companies that have gone bankrupt and they're not paid people. Yeah. And that happens. But I didn't... Like, it was just banks, it wasn't people. Yeah. And everyone's paid back. But, but not the interest. It's a really fun anecdote, I think. I think we're all just really buzzing off the back of that. <laughs> if she can do it, anyone can. <laughs> Still haven't paid your mum. Take that, Nat West. What? <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what's the new, the new stand-up show. Yeah. Lads, lads, lads. Lads, 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 yeah. Um, uh, you know that thing where you have to write a blurb <laughs> six months before you start thinking about the show? Yeah. It's not anything like it's blurb. 
or like his photograph. <laughs> it's like, it's all about like my celibacy and being okay by myself and life as a journey. But the blurb makes it sound like it's going to be a stag do. <laughs> There's some very disappointed people in Edinburgh. <laughs> some very disappointed stag do's, I think. But you yeah. did, I heard you on uh, Loose Ends, I think, talking about. Oh, yeah. So you, 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 you hired a. Oh yeah, stripper. hired a stripper. Look, guys, this is going to sound really bad, um, but it's not really bad, so don't worry. Um, I decided, like, you know, if you're alone, I'm alone. Uh, I realise all of the big parties are for people in couples or families. They have their kind of stag and hen, and they have a wedding, and then they have anniversaries, and they have their kids' birthdays, and I will only get a funeral. And so I just... Uh, which is why I'm having it before I die. Um, but and then I started thinking, like, why? Just because I... I'm going to spend the rest of my life with me. That is something I should celebrate. And I decided, right, what I'll do. And I, I did. I thought about it for the Edinburgh show. Yeah. And I just the first, the top, when I looked for male strippers, the top one on Google Ads was something called Butlers with Bums. <laughs> and it said it was £250 to hire a man for three hours. And then you can pick what you do with him. So the Camden Head in Camden are very kind. I said to them, oh, could I borrow the room for like an afternoon for a Hindu? And they went, okay. And I went, I'm and this guy, his name was Kenny. Um, he said he could do life drawing, where I'd get to draw him in the nude, and then he would teach me how to mix cocktails. And um, and then so I said to the Camden head, "Oh, can I do this thing for three hours with this man called Kenny for my Hindu?" And they were like, "All right, we'll make sure we turn the CCTV off." And I was like, "Leave it on, because <laughs> this this might be a whole new thing." And then. At no point in any of the interactions with butlers with bums did they ask how many people were on the Hindu. <laughs> so I was thinking, this is going to be the worst three hours of both of our lives, <laughs> me and Kenny, but it's going to be so terrific for my Edinburgh show. And then the day of it, I got up and I bailed. And that's the thing. I know, I know, I know. I just bailed. I didn't want to drink and draw a naked man. And I didn't want Kenny to have to go through that. And again, I'm talking about hypocrisy. If this was reversed, if I was listening to a male comedian saying, I paid £250 and I was going to do this thing with a woman, I would be marching outside right now. So I am aware of the hypocrisy. And, I just, and also I decided I couldn't do it to him. And um, so I, I didn't. And I think... Maybe there's a moral about how no one really wants a stag do, but they're just going along with it for their friends. <laughs> well, <laughs> Maybe most, that's the moral. Most of the things, the stag do's are horrible, I think, especially how... I've got, so like, you're probably the same as me, but like, a lot of my male friends do things on stag do's that really surprise me because they right. wouldn't have done them in their real life. So for my book, I'm researching st- stripping, and, uh, and one of the things is a lot of people I would, would have thought would never have gone to a lap dancing club have been to one on a stag do and professed to have had a terrible, sad time. Right. Are they liars? I don't, or yeah. is that I possible? don't think I'd like it. So, so you've I'd never been never, to one? I would never do no. it. Just because I would feel just embarrassed and also I can't... However much the person wants to do the job, I yeah. just can't get away from the fact that this is not... It's an awful... You know, it's bad enough for my wife to have to have sex with me due to, <laughs> due to the... Uh, chance to be a fine thing, right? Am I right, lads? <laughs> married, la- married, the married guys know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> no, I just, I've always, and always was, and like you know, when I was young, yeah. we did the Adelaide Festival, and it was, uh, and it was basically all the all the clubs were right by this the red light district, yeah. and all not all of them, but loads of the other comedians were just going after do, the gigs, yeah. and I was just thinking, I just feel too embarrassed. So it's very similarly, I found it very surprising uh, in Melbourne. There were certain. 
massage parlors that weren't massage parlors that were kind of people were going to get hand jobs yeah. and i found that so shocking yeah because what narrative this is what i think this is my kind of question looking at any kind of using of a sex worker in that way what kind of narrative do you make it okay yeah and you know hand jobs are just rubbish anyway aren't they so <laughs> and that's my other point <laughs> My main point is a fucking hand job, mate. Respect yourself. <laughs> you deserve more. You deserve an orifice. <laughs> I'm one of the good ones. Uh, so. <laughs> The sad thing is, that's true. Look where we are, if you're... (laughs) But that's, you know, you've... you've, you've... I know you're partially joking, but you're talking about, you know, you've been out of a... You've been in a relationship all your adult life, basically. This this is the first time you've been single for... Yeah, so six months single, yeah. yeah. And that's got to be good, though, right? I think it's really, really good. And I've realised... I've realised... I've realised that, I don't know... You can feel very lonely in a relationship. You can feel very lonely and unloved in relationships and that whole thing. And then if you spend time to get to know yourself, what you realise is you're awful. So it's just, it's lose-lose, do what you like. Like, it's either you don't know who you are and the other person kind of grows around you and you kind of try and become them and become a different thing, or you just are awful by yourself. Just do what you like, guys. There isn't a right answer. I do think it's lose-lose. I don't think it is. I think you've got to work. It is, I said. It is. It is. <laughs> but you know, I think you're you're obviously you think a lot about stuff, right? And, and I think a lot of comedians do, and I don't know if everyone. I think does. I think everyone does, and yeah. I think and then that's why I think everyone thinks they're special because yeah. we all think we feel more and think more than but anyone you, else. But you talk about imagining. You know, I, you imagine the worst in every relationship. You're imagining. It your partner's going to be off having sex with other people and you... So well, quite often they are. <laughs> people, people, the thing is, you just can't... You're not allowed to put a human being on a leash like a dog. <laughs> and, and until then, you can't trust them and they will only hurt you. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they, you, you're, you're still a very young person. I am a young person. Can I, yeah. can I tell you what someone said to me at a party on Friday? I say party, it was just a gathering at someone's house. And a, and a woman, she did not mean to be mean, but she was talking to me and my friend Ashling, who's a goddess, and she was saying, she was talking about egg freezing, because lots of my friends are having their eggs frozen and everyone is mad. And, um, and then she said to me, oh, of course, it's too late for you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what do you mean? She went, because you have to do, have it done before you're 35 or your eggs are rubbish. How are you allowed to say that and stay at a party? That's not, that's generally not That's true. one of my friends. It's not. That's but, someone who means well. But that isn't, that isn't true. That is, of that course is, it's not, not true. true. So, and I was, I was trying really defensively to say, some people have accidents up until their 40s, and then I remembered I was talking about the plot of Catastrophe. <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like happens to my friends. <laughs> But my, my wife is 37, I think. And, yeah. uh, oh, no. <laughs> no, no, of course, of course, of course. And there she's, lots she, and lots of... You know, exactly. so she's, uh, you know, we're, we're having another kid. And, and, we, and she was talking about this. She was, yeah. We were talking to them when she was worried about being, you know... An, uh, call it a geriatric mum yeah. and all that horrible but language. She, yeah. But it, yeah, they do. And she was worried about that. And it's not, it's not no. even. So, you no. know, it's, 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 it's still very young. And, you know, I think it's... You, I had to work through a lot of stuff to get to the point where I was... 
yeah. and capable of having a proper long-term relationship. Yeah. And I think you just, you know, and it feels just impossible at some, yeah. at some point. Something that's very interesting, I'm going to ask you this, though. Yeah. Lots of people I've kind of said, oh, about when people have had lots of relationships and then one relationship that just suddenly works, and they have all said, oh, it's just easy when it's with the person. Suddenly, it's just easier. Do you yeah. think that's true? I, th- I sort of think it is and it isn't, right? And I think also, like, there's things, there's times when you get married, there's times when you have, like, a couple of days where you think something really, t- you know, you've had a bad argument and you think there's no way out of this and you, it wouldn't, it's never going to get all right again and then it just does get all right again because yeah. it has to. And the number of things you think... <laughs> you think You're really selling it, does, it now to us. It just, it just does, relationships. You, you, have a, you, have a t- you have an argument, you think, oh, God, yeah. this is such a terrible argument, we'll and, never and get you over you it. Still and you like just, two day. days later, you've forgotten about it and it doesn't matter. But also the number of relationships that ended over something, you just look back and go, God, I finished with that person because of this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know... And you go, and if you yeah. were married to them, you have to, you can't just end the relationship. So, okay, anyway, so you're saying we should all argue our first, um, if we argue we should all marry our first partner. I don't, well, I <laughs> and think then we're I, stuck there. There's a part of me that thinks so. I, mean, I, yeah. I, I really love my wife mm. low. I'm saying yeah, I any, relationship, yes, I know, yeah. any relationship, yeah. you're going to have disagreements and you're going to be yeah. cross with each other, especially once you've got kids and you're yes. tired and, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's fucking nuts. Um, <laughs> and you know your life that's a complete change of your life so even you, yeah. you start in a romantic relationship and then you have children and then you, you're doing it you've got a job to, it's a lovely oh, fucking yeah. job but it's a really hard yes. long hours really, job really, that, really, for really 18 hard. years yeah. that you can never escape <laughs> <laughs> they make you love them pricks but that's you know that, that you, there, there were in my 30s my 20s I'd be in a relationship and then it'd be boredom or it'd be you know or they, that's, there's something slightly irritating about the way they breathe or you know whatever not, not and really. that would be the end of the yeah. advice more to me than yeah. them I would have thought uh, but you know you just get through the, thing, the terrible things that I do that my wife finds annoying which are just gross habits you know okay yeah that's, that a, that's superficial on. thing yeah, yeah. something yeah but you know other people would have you know it, get married so you it's hard to get out of it <laughs> I really feel like this is terrible advice <laughs> for all of us because it's ultimately you know it's it, I, you know I think but if you're you talk about this in your book as well mm. but it's about if you're looking for that romantic ideal of love you're not going to ever get it no right? and, and those those mills and boons yeah. thing you're talking about in that but actually I think the, the, the thing that's all of it is that we don't we think of relationships as being an end point there's someone who solves problems when you find them and that's the thing of letting go of it like it's life continues with another person yeah. and maybe you see more of them or have sex with them but it doesn't undo the past no. you can't meet a person that just like wipes out your childhood it's like <laughs> now I'm fine because yeah. I've met David <laughs> <laughs> But that's you learn to live with each other's past yeah. and future, and you know, and and, and as you say in the book. But I, you know, I say I, I find all that fascinating because I, you know, that I can't really tell you what what it was about Katie yeah. that just I mean, I was just completely blown out of the water, and yeah. it was just that I, I, I had to be with mm-hmm. her, and I had to, you know, I knew that was it. Yeah. So but I can't, I don't know why, so I don't know why. But usually it's the two things, it's something that's going on in you at that point, so you're more open to that. Yep. And then also something about that person where you go, oh, my life is not good without you in it, or not as good. Yeah, yeah. And it's, but you know, in the early part of that mm. relationship, it was just like, 
I, I just something had overtaken me that I couldn't really possibly yeah. it's, it's logical. but that yeah. I also kind of knew that it was right yes. and I knew I'd have kids with her yeah. and you know I knew all of it straight away yeah. and it was kind of unbelievable and mind yeah. blowing and nothing quite like that ever happened you're just really before. bragging now Richard yeah. <laughs> I, I could yeah. see the future I could see the future yeah. but it was you know but then I look at it and go but what, what was but it but that's the trouble right because <laughs> what, what if you've had that and I don't think I'm alone in saying this if you've had that reaction with people and thought I'm going to have children with you and yeah. I'm going to spend not the rest of my life because I still got it but um, <laughs> a lot of time with you and then it doesn't happen that's yeah. the thing that makes you you know like they talk about uh, discombobulation or like that, or cognitive dissonance that's what makes you then feel I can't trust my feelings the physiological stuff that happens when you fall in love madly makes you think oh god I do I want to procreate with you and I want to have a future with you and I want to care for you in whatever way I can and when that doesn't happen that's why I think you need such a period of healing afterwards, which sounds like fucking such wankery. But otherwise, what you take into someone else is just like, I'm just distracting myself for the fact that this didn't work. And actually, it's, it gets to the root of you. You do have to recover from it. Yeah, no, because no, no. otherwise, it does. It feels like being mad. Yeah, yeah. How can I have felt that and it didn't happen? Yeah, well, you know, but I, there, was, there was times that happened to me as well, obviously. So I see that... <laughs> And there were times I didn't care yeah. <laughs> about the people I was with. Enough to that be a, be a problem. And but, I hope you know, we're all listening. It's, um, you know, but you know, it's, it's fascinating. But it is, I mean, I, I, that chemistry element of it and the, and the biological element and the evolutionary element mm. of it, which you talk about a lot. Yeah. And the various, you know, the various theories, you know, so that yeah. we are brought up. I mean, I think that's the thing you brought... Men and boys and girls are brought up to think certain things about boys and girls, and it's ridiculous to... To think that a, a sex, a group of people, yeah. are in any same. way the same, know, <laughs> or that so there's a division it. between yeah. the two, and that there's no overlap yeah. but between the two. But we all still do it all of yeah. the time. We all use this binary, and like, well, you know what men are like, you know, and it's like we all the time, and we're having to really unlearn that. I think the younger generations are much, much better with it, understanding gender as a spectrum, and and I think non-binary and trans people are adding a huge new understanding to what gender even is, but. Like, yeah, people my age, we still all the time I'll go, but that, oh, that's big, oh, I'm still doing that thing yeah. where I expect certain things of certain genders. Yeah. And the evolution stuff, I mean, you, I, I talk about this in uh, Talking Cock, but you mm. talk about it more in, um, uh, in your book about the, the, the sperm that are there to attack Kamikaze, other people's sperms, yeah. which is just a fantastic piece of yeah, evolution. Yeah, really amazing, yeah. <laughs> but sperm competition in all species is absolutely amazing, to yeah. think of it as being, if any, any species isn't entirely monogamous, then they have defence mechanisms, like inbuilt, it's amazing. Yeah. 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 Could be so much worse. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> I mean, because we can't feel it happening. No, it's true, yeah. Yeah, and well, most, most of the time we drunk them, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you say in the book that sperm competition isn't a Channel 5 game show. No, but not, I, not yet. But I yeah. think it should be. I'm just yeah. generally there. I, was just, yeah. I think someone will read that Walsh. and do it. But you yeah. know, that would actually be a fucking brilliant game show if someone wanted to get pregnant and then you just got a hundred men to put their sperm... They'll do it on Channel 5. Get get an electron microscope, show all happening. 
cameras up there. Okay. And then the winning one. Then you'd be able to find out who won. And, they, you wouldn't have, and the babies won. It'd be a nine-month programme, wouldn't yeah. it? It isn't... <laughs> hang on. When you first started saying it, it sounded very aggressive. But now, <laughs> but, but now I see what you mean. So it's a kind of, kind of in vitro fertilisation, but we're using hundreds of men's sperm. Yeah, we get big vats sperm. We mix it together with a stick so it's all... All the sperm are separated from their brothers. I'm really and watching they, you do this. It would be a yeah. big amount. I like a proper, I, mean, yeah. I like that. I'd say... You think, you think that's a hundred men's sperm? That, that's that high with sperm. Okay. And then, I don't know, the woman... Maybe it's a, the woman just gets in the... Yeah, you're right. I think we should combine this with comic relief, okay? <laughs> so it's like when the woman gets into the bar full of beans, but actually it's other kind of beans, yeah. sperm. And and you, try, you could probably do, like, inject them all with the colour. And then you could see the, which sperm are made. No, you wait until the baby comes out and then you do a DNA test. So that's why you make it in nine months. Because yeah. then every week she has to go on a date with a different one of the hundred <laughs> men and say if she wishes it was his kid or not. Yeah. Actually, I'm into this now. And yeah. I will. <laughs> the minute I read that, I thought someone is definitely going to read that and go, why shouldn't it be a Channel 5 game? No, but I also, why Channel 5? Yeah. Channel 4, let's go up. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's go up. Hey, I was going to ask uh, Ed Byrne about Sunday brunch. And I we, yeah, Ed Byrne's uh, here, isn't he? Yeah, is Ed Byrne allowed to come and join us to yeah, talk about Sunday brunch? Unless he's gone. Do you want to come oh, and talk about, <laughs> yeah. come come about Sunday brunch, Ed? Yeah, come, come on. Come talk about Sunday brunch, Ed Byrne. And, and you, you'll have to share a microphone. Yeah, but we're going to sit, I'll sit on one uh, yeah, edge okay. of the chair and then Ed can sit on the other edge of the chair. This is how the sperm competition brings us to us. I feel you are the proper guest and you should have the chair. Ed can sit on the floor. And you can share my wine if you want. So that's nice. Uh, have you ever been on Sunday brunch, you two? Imagine if we now said no. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, yes. How was yes. it? Um, how was it for you? I found it um, odd because they don't, you're not allowed to say anything. <laughs> They give you their strict rules as to what you can and can't say, yeah. and it's very. They're, they're, their whole thing is imagine children are watching. Yeah. And what was weird for me was that Caroline Flack was a guest, and I know we've already mentioned Love Island, but uh, Caroline was on talking about Love Island, and they asked me in front of Caroline Flack, Ed, do you watch Love Island? And there's no excuse for not watching a television show anymore. You can't say, oh, I'm not in when it's on, because you can watch a TV show anytime. So the, they make you say you have to say I think it's excrement yeah exactly so no, the only excuse is no I don't want to watch the show so I said no I don't watch it because that's all I was allowed to say yeah. but what I wanted to say was I watched one episode and now I'm afraid my TV has chlamydia <laughs> they all get STD checks before they go in so it's okay no, in case anyone was worried <laughs> Just slightly ruined that joke. <laughs> no, because I wait. Have you been on, wait, have you been on Sunday brunch? Then? Oh yeah, so I've been on Sunday brunch. Um, so very similarly to you, um, they do tell you not to say things. I got in trouble for something I said on there. But before that, I'd like to tell you that Tim Lovejoy, who's one of the hosts, he came into my when I was having my makeup done, and he said, uh, pulled his head in, and he went, "Hello, Are you still a feminist?" <laughs> fun it's already fun and, and I and I felt I was like oh 
yes. And then he went, that's a female prime minister now. And then just walked away. Is that, is that like the whole o- Obama was president so now there's no racism? Yeah. We've just proved we're not. Squitzies forever. So it's an, it's an interesting, it's an interesting man. And then, and then, but then, then on the show, then on the show. So they had actually been told. So uh, John and I are both doing Edinburgh shows, and they had one of the things they said to Tim Lovejoy was, "Oh, don't bring up a relationship because it's promoting the book." Yeah. And he's like, "So just don't ask questions too much about that." And that's because we have the same PR as John. So they were just trying to protect him both of us. And you can't say that on a live TV show because actually that means they then ask you about the thing. And so Tim was asking about about the ex-boyfriend and whether he'd broken up with me because obviously I talk about stuff all the time and if that was part of the problem and I said no and then he said um do you ever get in trouble for talking about stuff too much and I was like yeah yeah of course I do like my friends don't want me talking about their abortions on stage well that's the reaction and um that's the, that's the reaction and I'm not saying like oh that's not like my material that's not me doing a joke that's me giving an example of the kind of thing your friends wouldn't want you talking about but anyway someone's chopping avocado someone else is stirring they both just go fucking so quiet on me and then Tim's like well that's not very nice there's no need for that kind of language I know, and so then suddenly it becomes like, what do you mean language? It's a medical procedure. And I wasn't, I didn't out any of my friends, but they were all acting like I did, and then it became so awkward. And then there was a Huffington Post article about me. Do you, do you think it would have been more awkward if you'd been beating eggs at the time? <laughs> Thank you, uh, you, you should, thank you, Ed, for coming on. Oh, are you sending him away? It's not nice to send him away. Hey, Rich, away. Richard, you, you should make this a panel show. Look how much fun it is when you have friends. Well, it's funny you should say that. Oh. But I'm try, trying to make emergency questions into a panel show. Are you? Yeah. Oh. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Me and that lady are really excited that, for you. That, well, that, she's going to be watching. <laughs> It's going to be the, it's going to be all the men. It's going to be one woman and five men, and they're all going to wank into a bit. And while we wait, but while we're waiting, then we go. You know, have you ever eaten a yeah. banana? Yeah, and so that's sort of. It will be while you're waiting for the gestation to happen. I would, I'll go. So, Sarah. Uh, I don't want to ask that one. <laughs> no, tell, us, tell us what it was, though, that you no, wanted to well, uh, Has anyone you've had sex with had sex with someone famous? But they, they've all had sex with you, haven't they? So that means that I'm they... not famous. Um, who have I had sex with? No. No. Well, not that I know of. No. And oh, I'd just yeah. be jealous if I found out. Yes. Oh, you, oh, you had sex with Paloma Faith. Thank you for telling me. <laughs> I had Paloma Faith. <laughs> Flip into your mind at that moment. All right, um... Uh, they're, all, they're all rubbish. They're all, they're all rubbish. I don't know. What do you mean they're all rubbish? This is your game show. Pitch it. Come on. All right. Be confident this, in yourself. This, this is the one I want to ask you. Okay. If everyone else in the world left in a spaceship and left you behind, so everything belonged to you. Yes. Several questions. Where would you live? Swimming pool. What paintings? <laughs> what paintings would you have on your wall? Picasso's. Yeah. And Salvador would... Dali's. And yeah, paintings I'm painted myself. And I'll tell myself I was better than Picasso and Salvador Dali. And no one's there to tell me I'm not. And then I'm going for another swim. Okay. Would you be lonely? No. Nope. Wow. No lonelier. Where would be the most ostentatious? <laughs> oh, that let out an awful truth. <laughs> 
a good question. See, where would where would be the most ostentatious place you would masturbate? That is a good question. Because <laughs> the thing is, there are different moods with masturbating. Because there are times when you just, even if no one was there, you still want to be in an enclosed little burrow. <laughs> But imagine Ben Nevis on a sunny day. <laughs> I reckon you could yeah. do that. Ben I mean, Nevis on a sunny day. Sunny That's day. my answer. Good. Um. <laughs> I was going to do it anyway, mate. You can do, find that. You can yeah. find a sunny day to, yeah. to do it. Uh, what swear word, would, swear word would you like repeatedly shouted by a drunk man at your funeral? The drunk man is turning up regardless and is going to shout something, so you is may as well choose. A swear word? It's not... Is minge a swear word? Yes, very I think so. shouting minge is so funny. <laughs> I think there's, there's a few... When I was, when I was 18, I, I did a job for three months in Italy, and obviously they're all Italian, so they can speak English, but we kind of lied to ourselves that they couldn't, and we would just shout either hamburger or minge in public. <laughs> places and that got us through three months like we thought that was friendship <laughs> minge <laughs> it's in a supermarket it was fun that when you were a teenager and you'd just go abroad and just find out what the swear words were and that, that yeah. was a lot of fun and, and it was, it was really an international bad saying it when you got home yeah. like, and they didn't even know far from cooler. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun know. time um, in your book you talk about how uh, uh, pain in childbirth is a punishment from uh, God uh, to, for Eve eating the apple from the I don't tree think you've understood my book <laughs> <laughs> and how that's a good thing right? but it's, I would just like to correct you because yeah. uh, God increased the pain in childbirth so it was going to yeah. hurt all, anyway. and all animals have but they have much less pain than yeah. we have also um, other animals are much better at uh, administering so like hyenas which are really fascinating I didn't talk about other animals in my book so I just wanted to talk about human beings but yeah. hyenas they have well obviously the males have penises and the female hyenas have uh, clitorises that look like penises so they're the same size and they have to give birth through them and it's incredibly painful but they give themselves uh, the equivalent of morphine to knock themselves out and that's what we're not good at yeah like we can't self-administer it's like this is going to be fucking (laughs) (laughs) I like all this stuff is that why they laugh all the time (laughs) <laughs> it's like, I've got nothing to worry about, bruv. <laughs> I can knock myself out at any point. Plus, look at my clitoris. It's massive. <laughs> yeah, that is why they laugh. <laughs> oh, well, we've, we've got something in common. We both did... Uh, we both had a brain scan, but not for a terrible reason. Yeah. Uh, we both did we, a... Uh... They were just looking at how great our brains were. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> we both was did... it the same experiment? I think it was. So I went... It was it for about doing just a minute. Yeah. Yeah, so we had to go into... There was someone this to... isn't how they audition you for just a minute. <laughs> I, never, I never saw the results of this, so they never got in touch. Oh, Did they what? get in touch with they you? They published the results of the experiment. They published the results of the experiment. It's fascinating. So the people um, at UCL who were doing the study, they do lots of different kind of brain experiments. Obviously, they've got an MRI. The people who did the study about taxi drivers having a larger hypothalamus because they have to remember so much of yeah. kind of like spatial geography. And um, so they decided to do an experiment about public speaking. And so it wasn't just comics, but I think because Robin Ince was the main port of call, there were lots of comics who first of all right. got involved with it. Anyone who publicly speaks, they wanted to watch you when you were kind of improvising and talking to see if you used your brain in a more shallow way than someone who doesn't talk for a living. And that is what they found. Right. For us, it's there's less stuff going on in the brain, so it's much, much quicker 
Right. Because we're not actually checking ourselves as much. What should I say? Is this okay? Yes. We're just like, I'm amazing. <laughs> I was going to talk for ages. Everyone thinks I'm a brilliant little girl. <laughs> so they saw in our brains. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good. I, they never got in touch, but I like you. They published I, it. Do you not read the scientific no, I papers? Do not read, I don't read them. They could have emailed me the link. Uh, it's, I just thought it was cool. I got like a cross section of picture, my brain. Yeah. And also, but did you get scared going into the MRI? I didn't. I, I, I kind of, I can get a little bit claustrophobic, but I didn't. I was all worried about moving my head too yeah. much. Because uh, they, to take, they say to you, obviously they're taking a picture of your brain. And so uh, you're in there for quite a long time. But they say if you stay very, very still, you get a very, very exact picture. And if you even move incrementally, that gets blurry. And you do become so conscious of how often you move. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that bit, and then it's sort of weird doing just a, just minute. a minute. Do you do, you do just a minute in real life? I've done it in real life. Yeah. 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 Was it worse or better without Paul Merton? <laughs> so in there with you. Uh, Paul, I've done some with Paul Merton, and I've done some without Paul Merton. Um, I like Paul. I like working with Paul Merton. And I just meant in the MRI. I'm oh, doing okay. a massive dig about Paul Merton. <laughs> I don't know uh, anyone else who does that show. Uh, it was very difficult to do it because without anyone the point of just a minute is yeah. that um, you get interrupted all the time yeah. really and that's the fun of yeah. it so it's not actually about talking for a minute yeah it's much easier again. just lying down by yourself yeah well, your no still. one's telling you the, the scientists should at least buzz and go you've said that twice <laughs> Uh, but I was still trying to be fun. I was trying to make it funny, but then I yeah. found it much harder when you've got to keep your head still in an MRI machine and there's no audience yeah. to be funny. It was quite boring, I think. Yeah. Did you manage to be funny? I thought I was amazing. That's <laughs> because <laughs> I'm just really inspired by myself. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's very interesting seeing your own brain. I, that, that's, and that's why I put it in the book, is that's my favourite picture that's ever been like, <laughs> taken of me. Yeah. Yeah, it's so... I know I've seen other pictures of brains, but when it's yours, yeah, it's amazing. It is. It's amazing. Is that a weird thing to say? I just, I, it's just this stupid thing that's made of water and fat, and it means that you can remem- remember things and then mispronounce remember, <laughs> like all at the same time. It's, it's, it's just we're so lucky as a species because we're the like magic has happened to us. We're we're apes, and then somehow we realised that. And realise how awful a lot of the things we do are, but we noticed it. Yeah. It's, it's magic well, in it our is. heads. And that's why childbirth takes ages and is dangerous for women. And it's why we're having all of these problems all the time. And it's not that every species isn't awful to itself and to each other. It's just that we know that we shouldn't be doing those things. What's going to happen, Richard? Where does it end? Well, I don't think it's looking very good. No? No. no? I'm quite pessimistic. Are you? Yeah. Is that your prediction? Yeah, I was right about the, the babies and stuff for me, so uh, that could be a... Ba- I think yeah. well, what I worry about just is the rise of ignorance and the... You know, but, this... but don't you think that every generation thinks there's a rise of ignorance? No, but I don't think... Well, I think it happens every now and again, but I think this is... Ri- it's like turning as experts is about everyone... Ha- everyone's allowed to have an opinion and all opinions are now equal yeah. regardless of where the evidence comes from yeah. and there's so much stuff that well you're able to find on the internet something that backs up whatever you think but, of course, but, but I think that's just turning the volume up on something that was just there I think it's the equivalent of the difference between before the internet 
It's like if you had a family that did not communicate well and everyone's off in their own bedroom being sulky or angry or having these their very uneducated opinions sometimes, the equivalent now is that we're all having a row on Christmas Day in the living room <laughs> yeah. and it feels worse, but actually there's communication going on. But do you think... So? I think 20 years ago people thought conspiracy theorists were insane... And now I think people, you know, but generally... Of, but some of those conspiracy um, theorists have been, conf- have been proved right, is the other side of it. It's right to question stuff. It is and right then, to question stuff. And for anyone with evidence, you have to be better at showing people your evidence. You do, but the crazy stuff of Paul McCartney being replaced by a lookalike Paul McCartney... <laughs> I think no. even when that was happening, yeah. people thought it was a joke, yes, and but, now people yeah. think it's real. But I think, I've, so, but I think in terms of life, in terms and of I saw life, somebody. Sorry, oh, okay. just to with the Paul McCartney one. Yeah. I saw someone post that there's a fucking fake article by Ringo Starr saying, "Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, was it was like it comes up on Facebook on one of those. You know, yeah. yeah, no, it, it was replaced in 1965. We didn't talk about it at yeah. the time. So we didn't want to upset anyone." And people underneath the article who are friends of my Facebook friends going, wow, I can't believe he's admitted this. You know, it's not been on the news, really. It's just on a Facebook. I can't believe he's finally, this has finally come yeah. out. Yeah. How fucking stupid are you? Yeah. It would just be, oh, it's just on Facebook. But all of us, yeah. but all of us, but all of us believe sources, because even you saying that now might go into work the next day doing stand-up about a thing that very similarly you trusted a source. Course, Owen yeah. Jones retweeted a thing, you assumed it was definitely factual. All of us all the time now yeah, having to question where we get our information from. But I also remember a time when I really, you know, I saw people starting to do that, thought this is crazy, mm. you're just retweeting something you've you know, you're re yeah. posting something you've seen and thinking that's insane and the, but it's become that I think that's why things are getting worse yeah. and that's why and so everything gets you know when politicians are saying we shouldn't trust experts yeah. and when it's just dangerous you know but even it's dangerous in lots of ways but it also means your civilization is going to fail because any civilization that uses knowledge is going to beat your stupid civilization so if you're if you're kind of cutting off scientists and you know, it's, it's what Hitler did, is, yeah. amongst many other yeah. things, is send all the Jewish scientists mm-hmm. that had to leave and all the gay scientists had to leave, and, you know, and they went other places and invented the nuclear bombs and, you know, the, yeah. cracked the codes and whatever that defeated Hitler. So you can't, you can't, you can't say, let's get rid of intellectualism. No, I wasn't saying that, though. No, but that's if, what people... If it are, that's seemed like that's what I'd come here tonight to say. <laughs> you were saying you loved Hitler and you thought he was right... <laughs> you thought he was right about everything. No, I, I, no, I, just, I just think the, the pessimism... I think every generation thinks its generation is getting worse. I think it's very, very natural, and I think it's part of ageing to be scared of the world, to be scared about how, many, how much possibility... I'm not that old. No, I, don't, I mean, this is all of us. This isn't me saying it to you. But the only way you fight back is with positivity. Things aren't getting worse. We have such heightened empathy now. Things feel terrible that to our ancestors, they didn't care. It wasn't that they were tribal, they looked after themselves, they cared about their family, they did not care about people in other countries, they didn't care about people they weren't genetically related to. We do. We think things should be better than this. That's the positive. There are things that come up, like you can't just instantly make the world a better place. They come up, we deal with them. People deal with them because human beings are so creative. Every, every problem, someone will solve in an amazing way. Well, we and that's why I'm Jesus. 
but you know Donald Trump is actually the president in of the America. dressing room I'm telling Richard and Ed and that's so inspiring if he can be president I can be president <laughs> we can all be presidents like, that's the only positive to this well, you know, I think um, I think that there is a positive in that if things go extreme, hopefully it will encourage other people to become politicised. No, no, but also any it. communication is good because you then realise what people are thinking. Why? There's been huge swathes of time where people have believed certain things that haven't been talked about in the mass media, and so they've been we've been pretending they weren't there. Now we know what everyone thinks and we know why and that's how you deal with it. We understand that it's about talking to young people a lot more, about having a, a, a decent argument on both sides. They're now solvable problems, even though it's horrible if horrible things are directed towards you. I know I am a white 1% saying this, but I think the world's really great. Um, <laughs> I'm I am unsure, and I'm very much I'm, you know I'm, I'm I believe in progress, and I don't look you know, and I understand people look back and go things that you know it doesn't make sense to go. Music is better now than it is, it was better then than it is now. It doesn't Music's make sense. always been terrible. Yeah, that's always been terrible. <laughs> that's the real. And it does, it, those things don't make you know. It doesn't make sense. And you can say that our grandparents' generation there was Nazism. That was going, that back, was, going back to the Beatles. Yeah. So this is not fake news. This is real. John Lennon wrote an article for Playboy in which he talks about hitting women to keep them in control. That's the Beatles, right? That's the difference with times. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if someone from One Direction, <laughs> right? Right? That's the Beatles. They were, they were foppish, but they were symbols of masculinity. That existed in a world I don't have to live in anymore. Well, I, I hope that, that well, I hope the progress will continue in that direction. I just, you know, I'm less, I'm, I'm more pessimistic about it. I mean, yeah. they, did, they did a song, the Beatles did the song, You Better Run for Your Life If You Can, Little Girl. If, if, if I find you another man, you'll be. See, I'm going to. If I find you another man, you, does he say you'll be dead? I mean, he's basically he's going to kill her. Really? So, that, so that's a Beatles, a very jaunty okay. Beatles song. Yeah. So, so this is the thing. So, yeah, obviously, I mean, yeah, very, was, very quickly. But imagine there's no heaven. Um, so. <laughs> This is the thing. This is the thing that's amazing about human beings. We all think oh, that progress takes such a long amount of time. The way that empathy changes, things like slavery became from everyone arguing that it was okay and fine, and a minority saying it was very bad and wrong, and obviously not respecting the people that were being used as slaves. It, within a generation, that whole thing is tipped on its yeah. head. We are going through equally the same amount of times. So that's the importance of talking about it. And at the time, you always think it's worse, and actually, you're always making it better. I know, I know I'm not going to convince you. Well, it's, it's because okay. it does, cause it's a pendulum and I think it swings and, you know, the, not, yeah. the, the Holocaust came after slavery and that wasn't uh, better than slavery. No. <laughs> and again, that's not what I was trying to argue. <laughs> I feel like you're twisting my words sometimes. <laughs> but because, but, you know, yeah. but I, what's terrifying at the moment is that people can't see, you know, they can't see that this ex- extreme politics on both sides... Yeah. Is you know the danger is it can lead to some. But awful I think always for the majority of people, and I include myself in this. I'm not a clever person. I don't know all of the politics that's going on. I always feel like I'm getting stuff described to me by other people. We have such a small amount of time. The majority of politics is instinctual. I like that guy. I don't like that woman. Or I love that woman. Don't like that guy. It's really instinctual, and you don't want to have to listen to stuff. Each of them, if, it, if we all had time and we were all doing degrees in politics, philosophy, and economics, would go. Oh, it doesn't. Matter what they look like all of them are flawed all of them compromise none of them will ever represent me or even my culture efficiently the system is that that takes a lot of time and that's why the whole thing is bad yes <laughs> but that seems to me democracy is now more about the politicians trying to say what they think 
will get them in, voted in. Yeah. And that is... But there's always that, been politics. It, well, it's always been an element of it, but then it becomes more and more. And it's the problem with... I think with, it's how much we see prob- them now. It's the problem yeah. with lying. It's the, pro- the reason journalists aren't trusted is because no. they've just fucking lied so but much. They do, also, they don't and have the sources. Have lied They're so all much. university students copying and pasting from the person who wrote an essay before them. Yeah. Um, what's so interesting is that... Uh, once a news story is out, everyone else's stories about that story are just putting that story in different frameworks, mm-hmm. uh, positive and negative. No one is ever bringing new information to it, and no one ever does research pre that original. So it's another form of entertainment. Yeah, well, it is. But then also, so politicians, then it becomes you can lie, you can lie, and then you know, and then the, you push it further and further, and you. I just there was stuff so that's going on in do? America. Is should we have another revolution? No. I think revolutions are really bad idea. They aren't very bad idea. I think they're really bad. So what do we do then, Richard? Why have you brought us all here? What's, well, <laughs> what's the answer? I can't well, have it that it's just going to be bad. Otherwise, also things like having children, like that's an act of hope. Are you going like there's going to be a world for you to live in? Well, uh, you know, I hope. Or you're going, I mean, like, I enjoy, like, enjoy your <laughs> up till ten years old. <laughs> I, you know, you're worried about those those things. I mean, on a day-to-day level, I'm worried about everything in terms of kids. But, you know, like the environment is a terrifying thing. And yeah. to have someone in charge of America who's considered, you know, thinks that it might, climate change might be a hoax yeah. is terrifying. Yeah. And I who's think, thinking on a short term, yeah. let's make as much money as we can. Yes. It does, you know, but also, yeah, things, things go cyclically. Yeah. Like 100 years yeah. ago, the Russian Revolution happened because there were people who had just a ludicrous amount of money and most people had yeah. nothing. It's not as bad as that really, and probably anywhere in the world, but it's, but it's still bad enough. Yeah. But the, the rich people can't see that by pushing it further and further and isolating yeah. that they're ultimately going to destroy themselves because they're just looking yeah. at how much money they can make in Well, the that's short. why the whole argument, if you monetize the environment, everyone's business plan completely changes. And that's why the economy isn't working at all because you can't continue growing as a business if you are going to kill the people who are going to buy or use your product. But, it's, but everything works on a short-term thing. Yeah. So they're, well, they're, all just, the current, they're all just trying yeah. to get there and they're, they're working for their shareholders. Right? You know, so if, if but, there, the, but there is a balance, right? Isn't there? there is a balance between a free market which encourages people making money from things that they create and then paying people and creating a circle and also having legislation from a government that protects people and the environment. Yeah, yeah. So can't we just do that, guys? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I think we've just solved it. <laughs> Can someone tweet that to Theresa May? <laughs> We're not anti-business. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm kind of hopeful that the that things can get turned around, but I think yeah. at the moment it's really bad, and I think that yeah. might help it get turned around. Okay. And I think all the democrat, you know, the democracy. It's like everyone now going democracy is sacrosanct. So. The, yeah. the fact that Donald Trump didn't actually win, but he won under yes. the system, is, yeah. means that you can't challenge it. The fact yeah. that Brexit got more, a million more votes means you can't challenge it. Yeah. But that means defeating, you know, you're, you're throwing away other principles of democracy just to say the one that got the most votes. Yeah, and also, won. but all of us were taught from a very young age that democracy was sacrosanct. Like, in a, if, you, if you've grown up in North Korea, you learn a very different narrative yeah, yeah. repeatedly very early. We've been taught that is a precious word that for thousands of years that has stopped people hurting each other any more than they have to. And even letting go of that is quite a huge thing. It is, but democracy doesn't mean that whoever gets the most votes can fuck over the other people. But it also, means the, the, opposite. Majo- but also the majority of people can make terrible decisions. Yeah. And terrible decisions for themselves. But say with Brexit, right, which I don't like to talk about. <laughs> because but it's not, if it had gone the other way, if it had been 52, yeah. 48 the other way... Yeah. Would the would the remain people have just gone? Yeah, bad luck, you lost. We're not going to pay any attention to what all those people think. They would have been insane to do it. Partly because Nigel Farage, every time he talks about it, 
basically says, if I don't get my way exactly what I want, I'm going to create a yeah. violent situation. But he doesn't yeah. quite say it, but he pretty much yeah. says it. But then he pretty much said yeah. on this week and nobody, yeah. what they did was shout at me for, yeah. for saying then, politicians are <laughs> rubbish and doing their jobs. That's what happens with power, though. Yeah. Uh, this is a difficulty with politics. You're not dealing with reasonable people. It's reasons certain people have failed in the public arena people we're still apes who respond to an alpha male and a man saying i'm going to get my way or else is what's president of the united states everything that should have lost him an election made other people go well if he can do that i want that i want to be able to treat other people like that i want the thing the whole thing and obviously it's been talked about to death but like grabbing women by the pussy which should have if he was a pe teacher he would have lost his job Right, he, he would have lost his job, and he would have been right that he lost his job. But something in people makes you go, "I respect you. You get what you want. You tell other people how you behave, and then you do it. And if you're in charge, I trust you. And that and that's the thing about understanding us as an animal that we do respond to that. Yeah. Or some people do. The bloke he said it to got sacked. Good. Yeah. Because <laughs> he didn't knock him out when he said it. <laughs> Well, we'll, 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 it's, you know, not very funny, is it? I think we've really depressed everyone. We should have had this this conversation in the dressing room afterwards (laughs) about how sad the world is. Can I ask you one of your stupid questions? Yeah, go and ask me a question. Can I have a page number? Twelve. Twelve and thirty-seven. You've got two questions. You can go for the number of questions or you can go for the number of pages. Page number 12 is a neatly drawn penis and balls. <laughs> Did you draw that? I didn't. No, I couldn't draw that. I couldn't draw Did you draw that? that? Who drew that penis that and is, balls? It is my that is penis. My, is it? What? Is it? <laughs> if anyone watching this has a penis and balls, that is such a pert, healthy pack of junk. Congratulations. Okay, and now 57. Was the other one? 36. 37, halfway between the two. I sort of remembered. Right. 37, are you ready? Yeah. Would you be willing to eat a bowl of crickets for $40,000? I wouldn't. That is from askkenya.com. That's one of the questions I copied off the internet. From askkenya.com. I think that's right. It's a very specific question. It's a very specific amount of money. That's like, would you be prepared How much, to okay, eat a bowl so, of crickets? So a bowl of crickets, yeah. it doesn't say they're alive, so I'm going to say they're dead. Yeah. So this isn't cruel. Well, though, yeah. They died of natural causes. Yeah. They died of old age after lovely cricketing lives. Yeah. They died because of how boring cricket is. Um, right, so um, $40,000, you wouldn't eat them? No. Okay. I want more than how, that. Yeah, well, so well, where's, 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 your, where's the figure? If I was like, yeah. oh, $60,000. I'm going to go into, I'm going to go into Sterling now. I don't know if they're, you know, 50, 50, they might be pounds. So no, £50,000. We're going to Sterling. Yeah. I'd, I'd eat them for free. <laughs> I believe just you either do something because you believe in it or not. And You're I believe absolutely in right. Eat. Give I, the money back. Well, also, eating insects is the way, one of the ways we could save, save the, the planet. Save the planet, yeah. It's ethically very interesting and yeah. lots of nutrients and protein. There's a lot of so protein they in say. the cricket. And I don't think there's a, you know, I don't have an aversion to insects. I don't find them that icky. No. I wouldn't, you know, kangaroo penises and stuff. I'd still give, I don't think it's just eating stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Give it a go. And again, that's where empathy is interesting because yeah. people think certain things, they humanise them, they 
feel closer to them than other animals. It's yeah. very it's very strange how we all get all of the Facebook stuff about Have you managed to make one of my emergency questions into a serious topic? We did that. Guys, thank so you for coming here to my veganism. Making veganism, make veganism protein. protein conversation. <laughs> Should have been there about cocks. cocks. Okay, this, this, one, this, one's, so, this, one's, so just, this one's just from me. Yeah. Do you think it's acceptable to sit on public transport with your legs akimbo, taking up the people next to you's space? I don't, that's why I'm very angry about it. Are you angry do. about it? Yeah, I don't How like do you it. deal with it if you see someone's doing it? Though? Well, the last... The, I, this, I think I wrote this question because I, I got on a, a train and there was one place to sit and the man literally was halfway into the... Yeah. You know, I understand testicles, you know, I know mine are pert and hang there by themselves. <laughs> but they stick to the side of your leg. It, it's, it's much harder being a man than you think. No, no, temperature. Uh, and, no, uh, no, don't point at me. Temperature wise, having testicles is very, very precarious. Yeah. They have to be at a lower body temperature than the rest of your body. Yeah. It means that air conditioners and offices and every house, every couple who's heterosexual has this row about temperature. It is a big thing. Yeah. It is a big thing. It's it a genuine thing. No one is denying it that is. continue. But you can still sit, in, you know. So he was literally like that, and I was so I sat down in the chair thinking the uncomfortableness of having a yes, man pressing make him move. Yeah. And he didn't. No. And so I just... I had to press no. my leg against his. I could feel his... Is that a femur there or something? Whatever that bone is there, I could feel his femur touching my femur. Yeah. And he still didn't move. No. And I just thought, you know, is he just doing it? You know, I thought that, that being that close to a stranger... Yeah. ...would would embarrass him enough yeah. to stop but he didn't stop no again so again this whole territory thing on public transport anywhere that we all spend time I mean obviously we've evolved very quickly in thousands of years to not fight people we don't know so now instead we get onto these really close contraptions that man doesn't move on purpose to show you he doesn't care yeah it's still his space. There's, um, you know, Keith Johnson's book, which is about the most famous improv book, and he has all these exercises you can do on public transport to make sure no one sits next to you, just from how you take up space. If you sit in a certain way, in an aggressive way, you'll end up with a status gap, which is when there's no one on either side and all the other chairs are taken and some people are standing, because just the way you're sitting is saying go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> you come near me, you're in trouble. And it's very, very interesting, because obviously again, huge generalisations, women tend to cross their legs, uh, kind of make one shoulder higher than the other, make themselves so entirely small. We're so used to having the people on either side of us take up the space of the armrests and stuff. It's very rare what you're describing. And then again, when you do, you think, okay, hang on, no, I'm going to spread out a bit. They'll, no, nothing, I'm still invisible. You have to Stop kiss making emergency questions <laughs> into serious things. No, no that's, that's the panel Stop sh- ruining that's, the emergency questions. That's the panel show. You ask, <laughs> I ruin the panel show. <laughs> that's the game. If you ask a funny question, I come in like, well, actually. I've got something to I'm back ruin it for everyone. I'll, okay. I'll say you can't make this into a, a serious <laughs> point. Okay. Have you ever been brass rubbing? <laughs> brass rubbing? Yeah. The London Brass Rubbing Centre is at, um, <laughs> actually at, uh, right next to Charing Cross Station um, at St Martin in the Fields Church, which is the um, Royal Family's parish church. Right. It's where Prince Charles was christened. Uh, they also do Tai Chi just outside. They changed one of their stained glass windows to make it less secular and put a moon up there, which is really beautiful. Yeah. And no, I've never been brass rubbing. Okay, it's good though. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's. Uh, what's the strangest thing you've ever found in the embers of a bonfire? Wait, watch this. Femi- feminism. 
his fans. It's interesting you should ask that. Yeah. I found Jermaine Greer's corpse. <laughs> the embers of a bonfire. <laughs> Her time is done. <laughs> she has brass, a... so bras would be in there. Just but burn. you know that no one burned bras, really. I do know that. Yeah. But they might not know, so don't say naughty things. Okay. <laughs> no one ever burned any bras. It's one of those awful fake news <laughs> they did about feminists. They're all right. They're all. They're all right, really. The feminists. I'm coming round to them. Are you? With their desire for everyone to be equal. I mean, you know, a lot of time I thought that's quite unreasonable, but then I thought. The thing is, but though, in a way, that makes me equal as well. Yeah, it does. I suddenly realise. Yeah. The thing is, there are awful people everywhere, right? Yeah. Oh, and I think that's what's been quite interesting on the left in terms of people going, "Oh, people criticise you much more if they're on your side, but agree with you slightly." disagree with you slightly and that's what happens everywhere that is literally what everyone is having to deal with yeah yeah there are awful people everywhere and angry people get yeah. attracted to things that seem to be do-gooding everywhere yes <laughs> across down the line people are the worst or <laughs> the best <laughs> and with that um I'm going to pull it out of the bag. Okay. Have you ever met Brian Blessed? Yes. Good, here we go. Yay. He was sexist. <laughs> uh, my friend, so on the, you talked about earlier, I did an episode of um, Loose Ends and Brian oh, yes. Blessed was he on was, there. Yeah. Brian Blessed was on there. So I met Brian Blessed a week ago and I was describing to my friend Carriad what he was like afterwards. And she went, oh, he's old school. And old school means... <laughs> People who don't listen. <laughs> That's what we mean when we say that about people. Like old school, before they were taught things, you know, like manners. And it's not all about them. <laughs> Brian <Good>. Blessed. <laughs> oh, we, we all love Brian Blessed. I don't know who he is, but he's you know, got an anecdote for everything. Is my does. take on that man? <laughs> And some of them, I think, might not be true. Oh, really? That is, that is my take on him, but I still very much want him to be a guest. I think, he, I think so if you, know, you want to have him on here, yeah, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, just because everyone I asked has a, has a tale to tell about... Nearly everyone has met Brian Blessed. Yeah, and, and then he's told them a tale. Yeah, yeah. he said them some ridiculous and yeah, he told then me shouted, he... Gordon's alive. Wait, what? Gordon's alive, that's what he shouts. Does he shout, yeah. Gordon's alive? Didn't you do okay. that for you? No. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it up. wasn't Brian Blessed. <laughs> maybe it's just an old Christmas tree <laughs> that kept, kept interrupting me, and I got confused. <laughs> well, look, I live in the countryside now, and this Where is very late. Where else do you live then? I live, well, I'm living with my in-laws at the moment uh, yeah. in uh, Hertfordshire. Where about in Hertfordshire? Well, I can't. People will be going. We're not all getting the long train with you, are we? Yeah. We're going to get our oyster they cars live... home to our zone four flats we don't own. Um... They live near Welling Garden City, which okay. sounds like a, a nice place. Man-made city. It is. Yeah. It's better and worse than you would imagine it is from the name. I've been there. Have you? I know what it's like. Uh, but I met a man uh, in the key cutting shop. Oh, yeah. He recognised me. He said, Did you used to be on the TV? He said, Yeah. And did, was it Fist of Fun? I said, Yeah. He said, It was Stuart Lee and uh, Simon Quinn, like, What's your name? Richard Herring. He said, yeah. I said, Oh, yeah, I used to love that show. And he looked at me with the kind of pity that he thought I hadn't yeah. worked since 1996. Yeah. And uh, my bill came to £21. And he said, Sorry, mate, 20 or <laughs> So I got pound off. And then he said, And have a sweet. They had a t- he had oh, some sweets. So I got a pound and a sweet and from a man it, in Welling Garden I wonder City. what he thought he wanted all the keys for. 
<laughs> You're like breaking into houses around Garland City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, it paid off. But there's no hard work in the 1990s. I hope you're going to declare that pound for tax. <laughs> a lot of people asked that on Twitter when I tweeted about it. Did you? No, I don't, I'm not going to declare. It's a free. It's a, just a gift, isn't it? That's how it starts. That's how it starts. You either contribute or you don't. Okay. Um, so it's nice now. I like the I like the key cutting. It's uh, Timpsons yeah. in uh, Welling Garden City. It's next to Costa. If you want to. <laughs> oh no, that's why you did it to get a free advert on. <laughs> He's going to make at least a pound fifty of business from the. From if you're in Wellington, see, just pop in and see him. Say, mate, he's doing all right, okay. I'm going doing... to send in other people from the cast of Fist of Fun <laughs> to see how how small the bit parts can get before he stops recognising people. And if it's like Kevin Eldon, he's like, mm, do I know you? He loved Kevin. He loved Simon Quinlan, and he he'd been watching it on YouTube. I mean, let's not talk about the key cutting guy in Welling Garden City. To be fair, I didn't bring it up. <laughs> let's not talk about it. <laughs> you pressed me. I didn't want to talk about Welling, and then you made me talk about okay. it. Okay. Sorry. We uh, we should. It's been lo- really lovely talking to you again, lovely and it's uh, it's been very illuminating. It's been illuminating. I'm sorry if parts of it were really boring. No, it's not been boring. About it's just stuff. not been amusing. Yeah. <laughs> Can you, thank God! Can you, thank, can you just interject, like, kind of Tim Vine jokes or funny gifts or just something, just a light? It was the fantastic. Mood. It was very lovely. I'm do you not have, going to do you have to adverts your... on your podcast for Casper and things? For Casper? You know, the mattress they always advertise in America. Or I listen to a lot of murder podcasts, and it's always just like, uh, and then he got, uh, and then she was dead. I like to use Blue Apron. Blue Apron is a cookie that is so weird. But do you have adverts that come? I don't like, really. No. Okay. No. No, I'm okay. advertise uh, emergency right, questions. Okay, you're right okay. Mainly. Uh, okay. And uh, sometimes I try to get people to pay my electricity bill. <laughs> it's working quite well, actually. Is it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> How much is your electricity bill? Well, it's free. <laughs> now, it's free. <laughs> Uh, via, if you go to Bulb and use the right link, then uh, you get fifty pounds. I get fifty pounds. I'll give you the link after the show. Um, I don't yes. use electricity because I care about the environment. Okay. But, um, it's, it's, it's really renew- it's, renew- it. it's renewable. Is it renewable? Yeah, that's why okay, it's you got right. me. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, thanks for everyone uh, who's done that, and thank you uh, also to everyone who's come to see the show on this series. Uh, and I hope you've enjoyed it. I think we'll probably, for people at home, be cracking straight on with the next series by the time this one goes out. Which uh, so uh, come and see us at the Leicester Square Theatre if you want to come along. And thank you very much to Sarah Pascoe. Let's go! been listening to Rich Chang's Best Square Theatre Podcast for me, Rich Chang, and my guest, Sarah Pascoe. Thank you to Pest for providing this music for us. I don't think they did it uh, with that in mind when they wrote it. We've just appropriated the music. Uh, they're very nice, aren't they? Uh, thank you to everyone at the Best Square Theatre for having us for this run. It's been quite a, quite a experience. Thank you to everyone at Go Faster Strike for all the help in producing this and filming this and putting it out so you can hear it. Thank you to everyone at the British Comedy Guide as well. And thank you to Ben Walker, uh, my usual producer. But today's producer was Ash Caffrey. This is a Go Faster Strike buzz and Sky Potato production. Buy emergency questions book at gofasterstrike.com slash EQ. Shut up, robot voice. Come on, it's not a time to publicise stuff. It will help us fund future podcasts. Yes, it will. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, probably immediately with the next series if you want to come and see it. 
We're recording in October. Monday's in October and November, not the first Monday, maybe not the second Monday, because my family is having a baby, a human. Uh, but after that, you can go to com and buy tickets. Thanks for listening to the series. Go away now. Thank you. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.